you have your Bibles, turn to Romans 12. We'll start there. Ron's nice enough to bring my chair up. Man, if you're older than I am, what did your back start hurting at? Gosh. I keep wanting to make it something else, but I'm pretty sure things just start to wear down over time. Is that an amen? Do y'all feel that? Golly gee. If you go up to the staff offices, you can find my emergency heating pads, you know. Uh, it's so good to be here today. We're going to be back in Romans um, this morning. Um, and, and a year ago, I uh, was, was planning out this last series. This will be our last run in the book of Romans before we hit uh, a few things. We'll slow down our year focusing on eternity and then on Christmas as well. Uh, and then we'll close out our year with one kind of standalone sermon in Romans. Um, but as I was writing out, what does it mean? What does it look like? God, how did you inspire Paul to close this thing out? Um, the word undeniable just kept coming to mind. Um, that he is undeniable, and therefore, I must live undeniably his. You know, and, and, and that makes me think, we're, there's a lot, uh, life is going on. This is really probably, God's so incredible, because I've talked to more people, and I've seen more of this passage needed to be uh, talked about in Romans 12, maybe, than I would have known a year ago, but... But life's kind of rolling on, and there's a lot of uncertainty. Have you felt that before? Like, how, how what, what's tomorrow bring, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, but a lot of it with kids? Um, right now, just because we're in a change and because it, it, God's making it fit, um, it's been amazing to see some of those biblical truths um, play out in our family as the fruit bearing really begins. Our kids have borne a lot of fruit in their life at home. But I'm telling you, the real season of finding out um, if they were just catching what dropped off mom and dad's tree what happens when they leave the house. You know what I'm saying? I'm learning this a lot. And um, in our, our home, as we've been kind of playing through that, a couple of things that, that I want to share with you as we get rolling into this passage. We're literally looking at one verse of Scripture today. So we don't have a lot to, to read out of Romans um, as we walk through this. But a couple of things. The first is this. The words of that song are needed for you. And if you are a parent with kids in the room right now, I want you to hear this. You don't have to try that hard. You have to be faithful to the Lord. But He won't fail you. You will fail Him by trying to bear the burden that He is telling you to let Him have. But when you offer your children and your wife and your husband to the Lord, it's a lot easier task, and he will not fail. Okay, just hear that. Um, we, we at, at Senior Recognition here at, at, at Parkway, um, parents are asked to say something to their kids, and I've shared this with you before. It's not new, unless you're new to us. Um, but with both of our kids, there's something that is important to us. And, and I heard it years ago. I didn't create it. I stole it. And we've told it to them their whole life. Don't forget who you are. You're an Adams. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're our children. What you say and do, it reflects us. But, but there's joy and pride in being connected to this tree that is grafted in to the body of Christ. So don't ever be worried or ashamed about that second thing we say is don't forget whose you are you are a child of the king you belong to the almighty god the father eternal 
and everywhere you go he will be there with you he will be there for you and he has already told you what is there ahead of you so therefore no weapon that stands against you will ever prosper because of whose you are and and as i was preparing for this week those words we're seeing it in our in our kids i mean it's so great some things we're hearing um, right now as Ashley and Alex are going through uh, premarital counseling and we're getting the joy of talking with them through those things as Connor is visiting churches and meeting with ministers it's just fun to drink of that I'll share that later on throughout the years as we see God bear fruit but I, I want you to know something that God's word is true because God is true not because of my testimony or your experience okay but when we are faithful to live our life following hard after him confessing when we fall down and getting up quickly and repenting then our testimony is an amplification it's a reminder it's a it's a bullhorn for god's truth to be proclaimed and, and i want you to know this passage of scripture is one that i have been learning most of my life and it's one i'm still learning today Romans chapter 1, 12, excuse me, verse 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. This is what the Bible says. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. We're just going to jump straight in because I think sacrifice, I, I pray that at the end of today we all leave with a biblical understanding of the word amen like that's the whole goal if you're thinking what's the pastor want for today i want us to understand the biblical word sacrifice and i will tell you from experience in my life conversations with folks in this room and throughout my days most of us have an unbiblical view of the word sacrifice most of us view it wrong but it starts with something more, and it starts with the person God uses to write this, which is Paul. He says, therefore, I appeal to you, brothers. And, and so it starts off with this word, appeal. And, and I tried to look up what maybe common words we have in our heart. I'm not sure that there's a single word in our language that gets us there. But the word appeal, like the best grouping of words that I could get it to it was to urge with encouragement to urge with encouragement paul doesn't say i'm basing this on my authority he doesn't command us he just witnesses to it and living in his life inspired by the holy spirit i thought i bet paul did this and wrote these words with a smile on his face like What's about to come is the best thing I could tell you right here and right now, brother and sister in Christ. Like, like I can imagine he is geeked up, turned on, and ready to go. Saying, believer, this is the best thing I could tell you. 
And I started to think of what that urge felt like in me. And what's interesting is he appeals to brothers or brothers and sisters. In other words, he's not talking about the calling to salvation. That's already been received as a recipient of this letter. If you're in here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, this still is for your ears, but it's the promise that everyone has in Christ Jesus as Lord. You follow me on that? But if you're in Christ, I want you to hear this. This appeal is an encouragement, like it's a good news. So I just started to think, what in my life has been something like this? And there's not anything that I got really, really close to it. But probably the closest thing I can tell you is this. If you were to walk into my house, invited, and you were to go into our bedroom, again, and you were to pour the drawers over on our nightstands, you would know which side is whose. Because on my side are love letters that Christy wrote to me when we were dating and engaged. And on her side are cards and love letters that I wrote to her when we were dating and engaged. Now, because Christy's a better steward, if you go in her closet, you might find more. That's because I wrote more, not because I didn't keep hers. It's not true. That's a lie from the stage. Confession. But there are days when I open that drawer and I read some of them notebook paper pages, some of them cards. And do you know what happens to me? My heart flutters. I remember. I remember the feeling of saying, God, let her be the one. All of my days, let it be her. That's the closest feeling I could tell you that I think Paul is feeling when he's writing this letter saying, when you read this, I want your heart to flutter. It's that good. Let me tell you, there was never a time when I read these words, I can't wait till you're my husband, or wrote the words, I can't wait till you're my wife, that I thought, whew, it's going to be hard, God. But you're going to get me through it. That was never, ever. Like, if you're thinking that before you get married, stop. Amen? Like, there was never a time where I thought, giving up, my independence, my freedom, putting someone else before me, like that's going to be horrible some days, but worth it. Right? That was never, when I read those letters, that never comes across because it's absence. The appeal that Paul makes to you and I to be a living sacrifice has zero burden connected to it. And here's, the, here's why my example must fall short of Scripture. It, the secret's found in, in Romans 12, verse 1. Go back to it. Come on. The Bible says it this way. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by. Right? This word by is huge. This is the foundation from which the appeal is made. All right? By the mercies of who? God. Now, now this is ginormous. Because of what it entails and who it's based on. I appeal to you 
by the mercies that belong to God. Both of those things are key before you get to understand what sacrifice is. Let me tell you something about the word mercies. Um, our our full-time staff, um, every week, we read a passage of Scripture, one to two verses. And then we, we journal about it as a team, separately. And then we get together on Tuesdays, and for about an hour, we talk through our journal entries as a staff and just share what God has shown us. It's, it's so sweet. And this past week, one of our staff members shared the definition of what they found for the word mercy. And it hit me like a freight train. It was so important. I wanted to share it with you today because it helps us understand. The word mercy means this. Compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. Mercy, compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. Here's what it means is the, the, the joy I want you to feel, the call I'm about to give you is based on mercy. Now, now I want you to think about this because when we think about sacrifice and burden, God is Paul is saying, Spirit through Paul, that the, the reason this appeal comes to you is based on the one who has every right, who has it within his power, who would be just to show you harm, to punish you. And he chooses not to do it. In fact, he chooses to give you the opposite. How different is that from the encouragement of your pastor, your, your favorite Christian author, the president, a parent, a politician? How much different is an encouragement based on... Now, I want you to do this for a second. This will be a moment of truth, okay, in here. If you have once, at least one time in your life, not shown someone mercy when you could have, would you raise your hand if you've done that at least once in your life? Good. Everyone else, you're a liar. You're welcome right it's true like everyone has fallen on this thing we have all at times let our desire for right or justice or to be heard or whatever be a lead weight on someone else's foot even if it didn't have to be but god by his mercy has offered you and I on this side of Christ something different. And the appeal, this encouragement that Paul writes, he says it is so good because it's based on the one who has the authority, who is always just and who is always right, whose gift and desire is to give you what you don't deserve. Forgiveness compassion church as we roll these pieces together it's better than reading a love letter for the thousandth time because it's based on God almighty and his mercy what comes next is an undeniable promise and if you and I aren't experiencing what it is 
it is because of immaturity in our faith or sin that's it in other words if you embrace what comes next then God's promise of life will look different from you from this day forward on Jesus would call it life to the full so he says I appeal to you therefore brothers back to verse 12 by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship see the appeal this is crazy when you say I've got great news for you if you were to come home I mean do this this summer for vacation it'll be a great joke right you come home and you say I have the best news ever it's going to make your life wonderful if we just do this it's going to be fantastic we got one week where we're all in are you excited yes it's based on what God has provided I just want you to present yourself to him as a living sacrifice that's probably not the way to like get people to come over to a party but yet Paul, inspired by the Spirit, says, this is the best news I can tell you, believer. If you want to know how to live the life that God has called you to live, then present yourself to Him as a living sacrifice. Back in December, November, Christy and I were joined by a hundred families, and I've been praying for you, that this year to live, give, and serve sacrificially. And let me tell you what, what I new but I'm never ready for is that as we have been intentional in prayer in living and giving and in serving we have had more victories and joy this year than I think I would have recognized in other years that's becoming empty nesters and some days are, we're like this that's with doing all the last things praying for you by name those hundred families has helped my heart as pastor more individually I, I'm not I'm not diligent as a list maker so you're on my excel spreadsheet and I put an x by your name every time I pray for you and to hear and see what God is doing I just want to sacrifice more because it makes me fuller and that doesn't make sense. See, to present yourself as a sacrifice to God means that you allow and you make yourself available for acceptance or rejection. Do you realize that? When you present yourself as a sacrifice, what you're saying is, I'm putting myself before you, God, for acceptance or rejection. And you can't miss that, church. This is huge. If you only put yourself out there for God as acceptance, then you walk in the way of Cain. Genesis. Cain did what he wanted. It cost him something. And he brought his offering to the altar. But he only put it there for acceptance. So when God rejected his offering, he rejected God. Church, we need to throw some of this garbage aside for me real quick. King David, man after God's own heart, in Psalm 139, 
writes some of the sweetest words in history. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there is any grievous way in me and lead me to light ever everlasting. Do you present your life to God to accept or reject your offering? Like, do you give God, when you say, I'm a living sacrifice, do you get angry at him at how hard you're working for him and yet he's not following through on his promise? Has ever happened to you? I won't make you raise your hands on it because I've been there and you don't have to confess that. When you and I do that, we are not presenting yourself as a sacrifice because you're not saying accept or reject what I have for you. Because if I offer something to God and it is not what he wants, church, I want to know. Amen? Like, I don't want to be in the dark. At home, if I do something kind and wonderful for my wife, which I do all the time, constantly, hey, that's a deacon brother. Listen, and it never shows her I love her and she wishes I would be doing something else. I want to know. Because I'm presenting it to her as a gift. As a follower of Jesus Christ, when you present your life to God, do you present to him your hard-headed thoughts? Do you present to him all the things that you're trying to do to make life work? All the things you're doing with your kids, you're doing with your wife, you're doing with your friends. Do you lay it all before him, hiding nothing, holding nothing back, saying, God, if I am doing this and it's the wrong way or it's in my own strength, please tell me. Because church, if you don't, you will know the weightiest life in Christ you could ever experience and that is not God's will for you that's the reality are you worn out weary and heavy laden Jesus says come to me and I will give you what church rest he doesn't say Whoo, man pummel yourself into the ground you just keep it up life's horrible but one day it'll be better That's not scripture. And that's why Paul, with a smile on his face, says, don't do it. I wrote these words. Holding nothing back means wanting his mercy bought for me so badly that I prefer his rejection of what I thought was good over the affirmation of fallen men or women or the face that looks back at me in the mirror. Is that your heart for God? Will you let him be Lord over your pride, ego, and good intentions? If you won't, let me read you another verse. Matthew chapter 10, by the Lord, words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Verse 37, whoever loves his father or mother more than me, he's not worthy of me. Whoever loves his son or daughter more than me, he's not worthy of me. Whoever doesn't take up his cross and follow me, he's not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Church, what it means to present yourself as a sacrifice before God 
is laying all that you are down for all that he is. That's it. Don't, don't get me wrong. Life is hard because of sin. Your body is breaking down. It's aging because of sin. Your, your mind is maturing because it's development. It doesn't know everything. The world isn't perfect. Our leaders won't protect you. At the end of the day, I'm not saying that Scripture doesn't tell you your back won't hurt. And you won't have days where you don't know how to sleep. You're just too tired to even close your eyes. But what I'm telling you is this. That even in those days, that if you present yourself to God as a living sacrifice, you will never be empty. You will never close your eyes hoping that you don't wake up because no weapon formed against you will prosper. Because you have been willing to say, God, I give it to you. This week I did an experiment on the word sacrifice. Um, our, our church page and, and Christy helped me put something out there. I asked chat GPT, Facebook friends, and about 100 people responded in Scripture about what the word sacrifice meant to them. Do you want to know the difference? Are you ready for this? How many of you ever played with chat GPT? Please don't let it write your paper. Most of it is either garbage or not a real book. I asked ChatGPT, what are the most used words by people? The top 10 when it comes to the word sacrifice. Loss, they'll be on the screen. Giving up, selflessness, hardship, surrender, commitment, devotion, painful, trade-off, noble. Those are the top 10 words of ChatGPT. How accurate is that? I have no idea. I don't really care. But that's what ChatGPT says. Then I asked our Facebook people to respond. And it's a little bit different. In fact, I would tell you that our Facebook has a mixture of people in all places of life. And this is what they wrote. Top 10. Uh, if you can go back and look for yourself and double check. I tried to combine a few to make it worthwhile. Giving, costly, parent, time, selfless, love, Surrender, give up, family, pain. So there's a little difference. You feel a little difference in that? That's a little bit lighter. There's some words in there. Chat GPT, like noble, still sounds like I'm going to be toast later on. Giving, yeah, heavy. Parent, selfless time, family. Now I want you to listen to ones I found in Scripture for a believer. And these are just 10, and I saw them over and over again. This is what scripture says to the believer the word sacrifice is paired to. Joy, thanksgiving, delight, love, listen, repentance, praise, righteousness, fragrant, mercy. Do you feel the difference? The world says painful hardship, loss, growing in Christ, seeing that, that growing in our relationship. We see parent, family, but it's still tied 
to almost, this is what I leaned it into. The world would say sacrifice is defined by negatives. What I think most of us find ourselves in is somewhere in this weird tension that says giving up something that's hard or that I value because of something I believe will be more valuable. Here's the tricky part of that. It's still about loss. What Scripture says is joy, thanksgiving, delight, love, listen, praise, righteousness, fragrant, mercy. Paul would say, I counted all as loss. Who cares? It doesn't even matter what I'm losing. Because he's that good, it's not even loss. When I was a child, we would sing an old hymn. Right? We bring a sacrifice of what? Praise. Praise into the house of the Lord. Tell us, job, say. Do you realize that when Paul calls you to be a sacrifice, it is not to be a worldly sacrifice. He's not calling us to be a dead sacrifice, focusing on loss. What you're giving up, how hard it is to serve God, how much it's going to cost you. Church, it costs you everything because of the, the, the surpassing worth of Christ Jesus. If you said, David, when you were engaged to Christy and she was walking down that aisle, I could still see her. Were you thinking, you're worth everything I'm giving up? That's ridiculous. That's in it? I'm thinking, you're worth anything and everything ten times over. My focus wasn't on loss because the gift was so overwhelming. Are you with me? When you say, God, I want to be a living sacrifice, if it hurts, if you're serving the Lord and your tree is withering and your fruit is fading, then there's only one word for sacrifice in Scripture that I would tell you belongs to you right now. Repent. So that you can turn your back on what has been wearing and laden, heavy laden and wearing you down and what you bring to God can be love and right and joyful and with thanksgiving and with hope. So this is what I wrote, my confession. And I would invite you to lean into it a little bit. A living sacrifice for me is that every moment of my life is a joy-filled, delightful love offering to the Almighty constantly listening for your voice so I might always live rightly before you as a fragrant scent a merciful testimony a shout of praise and thanksgiving before the Lord and all the earth do you know that's the sacrifice that call, Paul is calling you to that the spirit is calling you to 
Do you know that's the example that you're to show to your kids and your grandkids? Not because they're worth it, but because it's so good. This morning, has that been the faith of your life? If it hasn't, repent so that you might live every moment of your life as a joy-filled, delightful love offering to the Almighty, constantly listening for His voice, that you might live rightly before Him as a fragrant scent, a merciful testimony, a shout of praise and thanksgiving before the Lord in all of the earth. Paul says this, this is worship. This is worship. That's the end of verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to Him, for Him to reject or accept. This is worship. The word spiritual worship. It really means this is the truth from the inside out. This is the only rational way to worship. There's no other rational way to worship God but this way. You cannot worship God not this way. You can't do it. And if God made you to worship Him in spirit and in truth, as Jesus told the woman at the well, then your whole life is meant to be lived this sweet. If that's not where you are, you cannot go back and there is no need. But you can offer a sacrifice of repentance. Acts chapter 3, 19 says this, Therefore repent, turn your back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, that he may send the Christ appointed for you. Listen, I know the stress of trying to get it right for Jesus. Lord, help me, it's most of my story. I dare you to join me at the altar and say, God, I want you to accept or reject that. And let me tell you what will happen. You will never know a lighter, sweeter, more freeing rejection in your whole life than when Jesus says, lay it down and follow me. He doesn't need your strength. He doesn't need your stress. He needs your living sacrifice. That, that's the crazy thing about Jesus, about following Christ. It's, it's that when we lay down everything, we realize that it costs nothing. Because the God who didn't have to show you compassion, who didn't have to show you forgiveness, He wanted to. He doesn't need your praise. He doesn't need your thanksgiving. 
He just wants you to know the freedom of living in that life with Him. Church, obedience to God, it's sacrifice because it's life. So this morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, there's only one sacrifice that you can offer. Repentance. To turn your back on yourself. To confess your sin. And to lift your eyes to Him as Lord. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, and you are weary and heavy laden, you have been afraid of rejection. You've been working so hard you can't believe that God wouldn't approve of how you're killing yourself. Present yourself to Him as a living sacrifice. Because it's good. And then you will worship. Then your wife will worship. Then your children will know worship. Then your husband will worship no wonder Paul wrote this urging with encouragement there's nothing else I could tell you that would be better let's pray Lord we love you Father we thank you for the day that you've given us for the life that you have called us to Lord, I know in our faith that we have mixed in this worldly picture of sacrifice with a scriptural picture, and we've really muddied the waters. But the truth is, God, that it is everything we must surrender. We must surrender it all. We must lay it all down. And Lord, we do that freely and joyfully, like the man who sold all he had and went and bought a pack of lamb because he found a pearl of great price. The sacrifice is almost not worth noting because the freedom, the joy, and the riches that you offer. So let us not ignore that it's a sacrifice. Let us celebrate that sacrifice day in and day out so that we might be a people, a, a parent, a husband, a grandparent, a wife, a friend, a teacher whose sacrifice is life-giving. Father, we can only have this because of your mercy, because of Jesus.